Welcome to Passion Life Church. Well, welcome to church this morning. Anybody glad to be in God's house? We're so glad that you're here during the summer. I know you could be anywhere, but we're in a series that we've simply entitled Fruitful. And uh, we're focusing on God's desire that his children be fruitful. Everybody say that with me, would you? Would you say fruitful? And why would you spend eight weeks, I mean, this is our eighth week, talking about fruitfulness. Why, why would you spend eight weeks, Phil, on being fruitful? You know why we would do this? We would do this because fruitfulness is rooted in the essence of who God is. Did you know that God's fruitful? God is really fruitful. He's strategic. He has a plan. Even before you were born, he knew you. He had a plan. Even though you may have been a surprise to your parents. Come on, somebody. You were no surprise to God. You may, or your parents may have said you were a mistake, but God says, no, you were strategic. I put you here. I had a plan because God is strategic. He has a purpose for your life. And when I was thinking about how fruitful God is and how strategic God is, I started to begin to really think about how he functions. Like even in the beginning of time, what did God do? He created fruit. Within the fruit, he puts a seed. Why? He puts a seed so the seed can go in the ground. So that could be multiplied and what you could have more fruit and within every fruit there's what more seed God strategically planned that because he's fruitful and since God is fruitful here's what he wants from you he wants his children to be fruitful you know John chapter 15 verse 8 says this by this my father is glorified that you bear how much fruit come on say it with me much fruit, so you will be my disciples. And he's really clear here. He says, so you will be my disciples. Why? Because there's believers. Believers are people who they ask God to forgive them of their sins. They're going to heaven. Jesus is on the inside of them. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're a disciple. A disciple is somebody who's following Jesus. It's somebody who's continuing to learn. And when you're a disciple, in reality, you're concerned about your fruit. Because you know this, that we will know and we will be known by our fruit, the Bible says. And so I want my fruit to glorify God. So I want to continue to follow after him. Now, when the Bible talks about fruit, he's also can have multiple meanings in the Bible. Fruit means that there's spiritual growth happening in your life. Jesus talks about in the New Testament, he says, I am the vine. You're not the vine. Jesus says, I'm the vine. We are the branches. The branches pull from the vine. The branches pull from the life of the vine. And so he says this. He says, I'm the vine. You're the branches. So a branch is growing because it's connected to the vine. And then fruit happens. And fruit always happens from the inside out. That's why we've said in this series, fruit is always the outward expression of an inward life. Do you want to know what's going on in people's inwards life? The Bible says you will know them by their fruit. Fruit always comes from the inside out. Now, can I just tell you, religion tells you to live an outside in life. Change your behavior, change your works. Well, listen, you can't change from the outside in. You can only change from the inside out. That is God's way of changing people. And people get frustrated. Like, man, I've been trying to change myself. Well, you know what? Let the truth set you free. Let God change you from the inside out. But fruit can also mean that you're seeing godly results in your life. And that when people are looking at your life, Life, they're actually being pointed to Jesus. They're actually be pointing, they, they're actually being pointed to God. That's what I want my life to be. That's what God wants for our lives. And so what God does, because he is so gracious, is he puts fruit inside of you. And Paul talks about this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Is it okay if I just do a little bit of a review today? You know, it's been eight weeks and people are on vacation and here and there. And I like to just try to get everybody on the same page before we go into, into something new. Would that be okay today? And so that's why I'm just doing a little bit review. And, and some of you a little sunburned and your, your brain's not working right. Come on, somebody. You've been out and you look great. I mean, you look tan, but, you know, you, you're kind of just a little, oh, man, been out 
out in the sun. So I just want to do a little bit of review and bring everybody back. You have this fruit already inside of you because the Holy Spirit is already on the inside of you. And Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering, kindness, right? Long-suffering could be translated patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such is no law. Now, this word fruit here in the New Testament, this word fruit right here in the Greek, the new, is, Greek is the language of the New Testament. This word fruit actually means acts and deeds. In other words, you want to know how God operates he gave you a list right here. He operates in love. He operates in joy. God is a peaceful God. He's patient. He's kind. He's good. He's faithful. He's gentle. God has self-control. And here's what he does. He puts the seeds of that spirit inside of you. So you have these on the inside of you. You don't have to be going and looking outside of you for joy or for love. That's an outside in life. But the inward out life is a life that says, I have the love of God. I am loved by God. Come on, somebody. I've got joy no matter what the circumstances because it's already on the inside of me. And so what we've done is we've really taken uh, one every week and just gone through love and peace and long suffering. We talked about kindness. Kindness. Talked a little bit about goodness last week. And today I want to talk about probably one of my favorite, and that is faithfulness. I want to talk about faithfulness today because God is faithful. God is faithful. He's faithful to his word. He's faithful to his promises. Can I ask you a question? How many of you experienced the faithfulness of God at least once or twice. And you're like, come on, let me see those hands because he has been so faithful to us. You know, God is so faithful, but then when you look into the world today, it's so easy to be disappointed because people will let you down. Has anybody had some people let you down? I mean, I was just thinking about this week, how so many times, even in life, you know, and I think it just becomes a part, it can become a part of our thinking. Uh, I, I, my biggest pet peeve is false advertising. I hate false advertising. I hate when I watch something on TV and they tell you, if you do this, you'll get this. I, I, and we live in that type of, uh, in, in, we live in that type of era today, right? Hey, and you can see it even on Facebook, right? Put this cap on, and this is for all the bald people, put this cap on and it will have your hair grow back instantly, Instantly, right? What about this? Rub this cream on your wrinkles and they will go away instantly, right? Eat this pill and your excess weight will melt off right off instantly, right? Get six-minute abs. In six-minute abs, you will look like David Beckham. Come on, six-minute abs. That's all you got to do is put this thing on and you'll go from like my one pack to a six pack. <laughs> False advertising. You know, um, we just bought a new house this last two months and we've been in it and you start getting all this mail. We, I started getting mail and this mail says, we try to deliver this to your house. We got a package for you. And then, you know, so I look at it, you know, and you kind of prioritize your mail. This is junk, whatever. So, okay, somebody's got a package for me. And then, so I, I didn't pay too much attention to it, but then the next day I got another thing in the mail. It said, you know what? You got a new package. You need it. We try to deliver it and it's going to go back if you don't. And then the next day I got another thing in the mail. It says, you got a new package. You need to go to the postal service because to pick up this package. So how many of you know it's all always a delight to go to the post office, right? That's why the Bible put joy in the fruit of the spirit because he knew you'd have to visit the post office. And so I went to the post office and listen, I, I, I'm in a new town. Man, if he's got this, this, this incredible post office, literally it is the size of that drum set. I mean, it is like, we're all standing in there. It's very, very small. Employees are great, delightful. There's a line, everybody's standing there. And I got these cards that I have to go pick up because somebody has a gift for me. So I went in there, we're all sweating, right? And so finally we get up to the, the guy and I was like, hey man, uh, you guys sent me these and I need to pick this up. And 
he looks at them, he goes, yeah, these aren't from us. And I'm like, what, what you talking about, Willis? He said, yeah, these aren't from us. This is advertisement. He says, what you need to do is you need to call these numbers on here and tell them to stop sending these things to you. And I'm like, you're telling me somebody lied to me? Somebody got me out of my house, come down to the post office because they said I have a package. But really what they want me to do is call this number because they're going to try to ups on me on who knows what. Are you telling me that they lied to me? And see, here's what happens, I think. We get disappointed in life with people and things, and then we take that attitude into God. Listen, the TV will lie to you. Come on, Facebook will lie to you. The radio will lie to you. But God will never lie to you. God will always be faithful. He's not a false advertising God. He's always faithful. He's so different. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to disappoint you. You know, the Bible says in Psalms chapter 145, verse 13, it says, the Lord is faithful to some of his promises. What does it say? Come on, help me out. To all his promises and loving toward all he has made. Psalm 57, 10, for great is your love reaching to the heavens. Wow, that's pretty high. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Psalms 100, verse 5, for the Lord is good and his love endures how long? Forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Excuse me while I get Pentecostal for just a moment, but can I tell you the same God that was faithful to Moses is faithful to you. The same God that was faithful to Joshua is faithful to you. The same God that was faithful to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire is faithful to you. That's the God. The God that was with Daniel in the lion's den is the same God that's with you at work. And I know there's a bunch of lions at your work. And he's faithful. The same God that parted the Red Sea for Moses is the same God that is with you today. Can, can I just do a little dance just real quick? I, I feel Pentecostal today, and I don't know why, but I just want to do this because of what I'm about to say is that the same God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that spirit, that powerful, faithful spirit is with you today. Man, that gets me excited. It gets me excited. And faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit because that's God's character. God doesn't know how not to be faithful. He's faithful. Let's define it. What is faithfulness in the Greek, this word faithfulness? I like looking at the Greek words because I think it helps us. Faithfulness is a firm persuasion, a conviction, a belief in truth, which results in fidelity. It's actually described. You know what this faithfulness is described at? As actual the faith of God. The very faith that God has, he places in you. God operates in faith. It operates in faith. I was thinking about faith this weekend. This week, I'm sorry, I was thinking about faith this week and I was thinking about, you know, it's so easy to read love, joy, peace and all these things and go, yeah, it's in me. It's great. But faith actually says not that I can love. Faith says, no, I will love. See, faith doesn't say, well, I can have joy. Faith says, I have joy. I can have these things. I can change. I can have these things in my life and I can be like Christ. I believe it. Faith doesn't just say I can. Faith says I will in Jesus name. And I begin to look at these and I begin to look at my life and I thought, you know what? Praise God. I'm changing. I've been changed. I'm more joyful than I've ever have been. And not that circumstances are all better, but I'm just saying the faith and belief that God puts these fruits in you that you can have them work out of you. Can I hear a good amen? amen? And I thought, how does God value faithfulness? Well, let me give you three things. God, value, God, God values faithfulness to the degree, to the degree, excuse me, my mouth isn't, hasn't woken up yet. Uh, I got to buy stronger coffee. God values faithfulness to the degree that he says, look, number one, I associate my word and my character. God associates his word with his character. David said this about God in Psalms 138 verse 2. For your loving kindness and your truth 
for you have magnified your word all above all your name. Let me read that again. For your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above all your name. Here's what God says about faithfulness. He says, my word is my bond. My word is my bond. I have actually elevated my word above my name. Let me tell you what he's saying. If I don't keep my word, my name is no good. I could sit here and we could talk about the names of God, how amazing the names of God are. And God says, if I don't keep my word, I'm so faithful to my word, then guess what? I am not who I say I am. He says, I exalt my word above my name. God is so committed to faithfulness. Here's what he says about about him and lying. Number two, God does not lie. Do you know that God cannot lie? Hebrews chapter 6 verse 17 says this, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. Somebody say an oath. Verse 18, God did this that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Wow. It's impossible for God to lie, for God to lie. We who have fled to, to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. And we have hope as an anchor of our soul. So we have hope that acts as an anchor. What is that anchor to? To an unchanging God. No matter what's changing, we have hope that God will never lie. This is why John 15 says that, he says that, If my words abide in you, we have to be abiding, connected to his word. Why? It's never changing. And so when we're connected to this word, you know what's going to happen? Fruit is going to bear no matter what's going on. Here's the third thing. And God values faithfulness because God's word never returns void. Can I hear a good amen? Isaiah 55, 11 says this, so shall my word be that which goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. That word voids means this. His word never returns empty in vain. It never returns without having a desired effect. So when God speaks his word, very strategically he does, he speaks it and the word will always have God's desired effect. It says it will never return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing which I send it. So God is always faithful. Now, when it comes to our faithfulness, hmm, can I be honest with you? We are not naturally bent towards any of these fruits of the Spirit. If we were to say about love, pretty much if it was up to us, we just love who, who loves us. When it comes to kindness, I'll just be kind to whoever's kind to me, if that, if I'm feeling good. We are not patient. I'm not bent towards patience. And here's what we need to know. These come from the Holy Spirit because our flesh is not naturally bent towards doing any of these things. Our flesh is not naturally bent towards being faithful. Our flesh is naturally bent towards being lazy. My flesh wants to sit on the couch and eat Oreos all day long. And guess what it wants to do the next day? Get on the couch and eat Oreos. And you know what it wants to do the next day? When I say I'm going to work out, it goes, yeah. It's like all hell breaks loose. I don't want to work out. I want to sit on the couch and eat Oreos. Right? And watch Property Brothers. It does. I love watching Property Brothers. There's something about watching other people work that's just amazing. I just sit there and go, man, that's a hard work. Thank God I ain't doing that. But my flesh is lazy. My flesh never wants to be faithful. And when you think about our faithfulness, and even as we look at the world, even in marriage, you want to talk about faithfulness? 
They're saying now that almost one out of every marriage falls apart. 50% of marriages are ending in divorce. Oh, Pastor Phil, I didn't know that death do us part meant more than eight years. It's amazing. Sickness and in health, for better or for worse, right? I'll be faithful. You know what the sad thing is? Statistics now say that 86% of divorces are for non-severe circumstances. 86%. You know what it's due to? We just can't be faithful. Can't be faithful. So here's what God knew. God knew that our flesh and inhumanity, that we're not bent towards faithfulness. So in your spirit, one of the gifts that he gives us, the fruits of the spirit is faithfulness. He puts that on inside of you. Why? Because God is faithful. And here's what God knows. You can never be fruitful without faithfulness. Let me say that again. You cannot be fruitful without faithfulness. I'm telling you that was worth coming to church this morning. You cannot be, you cannot be. Can I ask you a question? How faithful are you? To God. How faithful are you to God? So today, it's not in question how faithful God is. The question I want to ask myself is that, God, am I faithful to you like you are faithful to me? Because God put, listen to this, God put faithfulness in you so you can be fruitful. Because you can never be fruitful without being faithful. You need faithfulness. And so God, here's what he wants us to do. He wants us to draw upon his faithfulness. Listen, my church family, this is not about trying harder. This is about trusting deeper. Let me say that again. Well, you know what? I'm just going to try to be more faithful. You can't because you're not naturally bent towards that. Your flesh cannot please God. That's why you need the supernatural power of faithfulness flowing in you so it can flow out of you. So it's saying, God, I'm going to trust you more and have faith that you put faithfulness in me that I can be faithful. I'm tired of being a granola bar, fruity, flaky, and nutty. There's a lot of granola bar Christians, fruity, flaky, and nutty. You know what's sad to me is that that's why the world, and that's, they look at them and then they think that's a reflection of how God is. And yet God is always so faithful. He's always so faithful. And so here's what I have found. And today I'm going to share a little bit of my own life because I believe I'm a pretty faithful guy. Wasn't always wasn't always, didn't care about people. But here's what I've known and here's how I've become more faithful. See, the more you trust in God's faithfulness, the more faithful you will be. Let me say that again. The more you trust in God's faithfulness, the more faithful you become. Let me say it this way. The more I receive from God's love, the more I can love other people. Right? The more I receive from God's forgiveness, the more I can forgive. You can't love other people until you've been loved by God. You can't forgive other people until you realize how much it costs Jesus to forgive you. Can I hear a good amen on that? Don't look at me like you're Snow White. Sitting next to the seven door. Don't, 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 don't. Do you know how much it costs? You see, he provided us a free forgiveness, but it cost him his life. And so when we receive his forgiveness of sins, now I can forgive because nothing that you ever would do to me could be anything to compare what they did to him. And on the cross, he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. And some of us are holding grudges over little small things. And God says, I have greatly forgiven you. But listen, when you receive his forgiveness for all your faults, it's easier to give forgiveness away. When I look at the faithfulness of God and how faithful, how he's been to me, guess what? I start to become faithful. And so how do we become faithful? 
Let me give you four ways today. Are you happy you came to church? Here's number one. Realize God's character is unchanging. If we are going to become faithful, God's character never changes. And watch, I want to show you this. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13, this has helped me so much. It says, if we are faithless, can I ask you, how many of you have ever been faithless? Let's be honest. How many of you have ever been faithless? Right? Watch this. And he says this. If we are faithless, he, God, he remains faithful. True to his word and his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. Do you know, my church family, that even in your faults, God has been faithful to you? Even when you're faithless, he is still faithful. Oh, man, that ministers to me so much. Now, listen, no matter what I have done, and this is the truth, no matter what I have done, guess what? There's forgiveness. God didn't see and look. And I think this is how some people think. Oh, my. God says, oh, me. They did that. Let's retract that forgiveness. Jesus, man, we, we can't do that. Do you know God freely gave you forgiveness? Freely. No matter what you've done, no matter how many times you've done it, he's given it because that's a part of his character. Now, now watch this. Do you know that tomorrow, no matter what you do today, the Bible says that his, his mercies are new every morning. Tomorrow when you wake up because of the faithfulness of God, there is new mercy for you when you wake up in the morning, no matter what you've done. Now notice he doesn't say, oh, you did this. No mercy for you tomorrow. No mercy for you today. Is that what God does? No. See, so I have learned that the faithfulness is because of how God, I've learned, let me say it this way, because this is what I put in my, my notes. I have learned faithfulness because of how God has been faithful to me. His character doesn't change because I was faithless. He remains the same. And his reliability, his, listen, his stability has caused my reliability to rise up. His faithfulness has caused my faithfulness to rise up. Now look at this. Number two, how are we faithful? How, how can we be faithful? We can't let people form our identity, right? Listen, we have to stop letting what other people do or don't do change us and define us. That's the outside in type of life. Again, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13. If we are faithless, we remain faith, he remains faithful, true to his word, and his righteous character. He cannot deny himself. So listen, these points go together. What happens, I think, in some of our lives is we have become unfaithful because people have been unfaithful to us. And so because people have been unfaithful to us, we allow that to change our identity. We started out, man, I wanted to do what's right. You know, I, man, I'm trusting. I trusted this person. I'm going to be faithful. And then you came across a person or maybe people in your life that didn't have the same values as you. They didn't love God. They didn't believe in faithfulness. And you came across them. Maybe even you dated them. Maybe even you're mar you married them. And today you're divorced because they were unfaithful. And here's the temptation that can happen. Because of somebody's unfaithfulness, now it has affected your character. And guess what? Now you are unfaithful, not because God is unfaithful. You are unfaithful because you keep your eyes on people instead of God. Come on, this is a good word this morning. And that's the outside in type of life. And this is the way I used to be. But here's what I stopped doing. I stopped looking at what people do or don't do and I keep my eyes focused on the one who is always true always faithful and what they did is not going to affect my faithfulness I will be faithful because he is faithful because he is faithful now it can be a person on your job it could be a friend a loved one but I think some of us, and I don't want to minimize this today, my church family, we can become discouraged. We, I mean, we believe in people. And that's what love does. 
And I tell people all the time, I know they weren't faithful, but can I just encourage you? You did what was right. You believed in them. You gave them grace. You gave them mercy. But you know what? They weren't faithful. But can I encourage you? Don't let that change your character. Don't let that change your identity because there are still good, faithful people in the world. There are. And there are people that will go to hell and back for you. But listen, we focus on the small little people. And so here's what happens. We start to withdraw trust. We withdraw trust from people. And that can get into our relationship with God. It can permeate into our relationship with God. But here's what's helped me. My faithfulness will never be based on a person. My faithfulness will always be focused and based on the character of Jesus Christ. That's how I remain faithful. If you start taking your eyes off of God and putting them on the people at work, and I'm telling you what I hear, I've counseled people for 20 years and I've sat down with them and they make excuses of why they aren't faithful and it always has to do with the person. And I understand hurt comes. Listen, I I get it, I understand, but at some point, If you keep looking at people, you will start to become like them instead of becoming like Jesus. So you're just as flaky as the ones who were flaky with you. And you know why they were flaky? And you know why they were unfaithful? Because somebody was unfaithful to them. And so they allow that to change their identity. Can I ask you, just let's be honest, has someone been not faithful to you? Let me see your hand. Has someone been unfaithful to you, friend? Can can I see your hand? All of us. All of us. Do you know when we started the church, Passion Life Church, it's a little over five years old, and and we just made a decision. We're going to be faithful. We're going to be faithful no matter what happens, despite what happens. Well, our second year, there was a guy sitting in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the audience that day, and uh, he was a millionaire our second year. And he came up to us, Val and I, and he says, I've been coming to the church. And, and we knew because he was giving substantially at that point. And he says, hey, what do you all need? What, what would you all like? And I said, well, you know, our, our goal is we'd like to go full time with the ministry. Right now my wife is working and I'm doing it full time, but, you know, I'm doing it volunteer. And, and but I think if we can just get her out of work and we can, you know, we can do more. And he said, all right. He said, well, I'm going to give your church $1,000 a Sunday, and uh, you do what, what you want with it. If you need to pay yourself, you need to do whatever. But he's like, I just want you to know that I'm going to give you $1,000 a Sunday. We said, all right, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. And so we just believe that, you know, if that's four Sundays in, in, a, in a month, that's $4,000. If that's five Sundays in a month, that's $5,000. We had more than enough to pay the bills and start moving forward and really get this thing going. Well, so we believed in God, right? And we thought, well, man, we're going to do this. So my wife quit her job. Well, I'm driving my truck one day and I hear the Lord say, you need to know that so-and-so is not your provider. And I said, what? He said, you need to know something. This person that's given you this money is not your provider. I am your provider. And I said, oh, no, something's happening. He says, you better not put your trust in that person. You better keep your trust on me. And see, God always knows because in less than he had been giving, he was faithful, right? For two, three months, man, things were growing great. We were really going in full steam ahead. And then the check stopped coming. And then we couldn't find him. And my wife had no job. And there was no security for the church except trusting in Jesus. And you need to know this as a church. All across America, three to five percent of a congregation actually tithes, even in large churches. There's three to five percent of a whole church that's keeping the church moving forward. And so sometimes that's not enough. People say, well, how come you don't have staff? Well, if you would tithe, we would have staff. I'm just being honest with you. Well, I would like to see this in the church. Okay, well, I'll check your tithing record and see if if we could do that. Oh, well, oh, 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 you want other people to pay for your idea. Bless you. Right? I'm just being real with you. I'm being honest with you. I have a son, seven years old. We had a lease that we had to pay. The church was now, we didn't know what was going on. And you know what? Here's the temptation. The temptation is to look at people. It's unfaithfulness. And I had a decision to make. Am I going to be like this person? Now listen, 
if he would have came to me face to face, man to man, said, hey, man, I can't pay you. Man, I would have appreciated that. But we didn't even get that. We got nothing. We couldn't find the guy. We couldn't find this guy. And here's what happens. If you're not careful, that can get on the inside of you and it starts to make you unfaithful. You start to become like the people that you despise because your eyes are in the wrong place. And I'm telling you, I'm just being honest with you because I think sometimes when we stand behind the pulpit, you think that, oh, you know what? Pastor Phil, oh yeah, you know, when he goes out from here, he, he, you know, he hangs out on the clouds. You know what? I have to put this stuff to, into practice my own life. And so I, I said, God, you called us to this church and so we didn't come out here to do this on our own. And you know what? This church is yours. And you know what? You are our provider. You are Jehovah Jireh. And guess what? You will make this work. God, I am not putting my eyes on people. I'm going to keep my eyes focused on you. And listen, regardless of this person's, this person's unfaithfulness, I will be faithful to you, God. And thank God that we are here today. You know why? Because God is faithful. Come on, let's give him a good round of applause today. And this is how I think. I will be faithful. Why? Because God is faithful to me. I will be faithful. Why? Because God is faithful to me. I'm not going to let another person change my identity. Because here's the truth. Are you ready? It was never about you and them to begin with. It's always about you and God. Daniel knew this when they told him not to pray. And they passed the law. He's like, this ain't even about the law. This ain't even about the king. This is about God. I'm going to still pray. And I'm going to be faithful. And I'm going to keep praying. They threw him in the lion's den. And guess what? God was faithful to him. Do you remember Joseph in the Bible? Joseph, you ever read about his dreams? He had all these amazing dreams. His brothers threw him in a pit, right? I mean, they hated him and he gets sold into slavery into Potiphar's house. Potiphar was a captain of the guard for Pharaoh. And the Bible says that Joseph was a handsome man and Potiphar's wife took notice of him. Come on, 50 shades of gray. And every single day went to him and said, lie with me. He wasn't talking about taking a nap. Lie with me. Every single day, Joseph was tempted to have sex with Potiphar's wife. Every single day to the point where she approaches him and grabs his coat and pulls it off. And look at what Joseph says to Potiphar's wife in Genesis chapter 39, verse 9. He says this, there is no one greater in this house than I. Potiphar had put Joseph in charge of everything. And he says this, there is no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept back anything from me but you. Because you are his wife, watch this, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Joseph knew it's not about me and you, Potiphar's wifey. This is about me and God. And I have to be faithful to God because he's faithful to me. Because he's faithful to me. And so you know what? Can I just tell you something? In Egypt, history will tell us that Egypt has some of the most beautiful women ever in history. Potiphar's wife was hot. Psst, hot. Joseph was good looking. Come on now, it's, it's almost like a, a, a Spanish novella. You got two good looking people. And you know what Joseph could have said? He could say, because she's unfaithful, I'm going to be unfaithful. But Joseph didn't have that attitude. Joseph said, you may be unfaithful to your husband, but God has been so faithful to me. It's never really about you and I. It's about me and him. It's about me and him. And so God remains faithful to me. So I'm not going to be unfaithful. That's how people overcame. Because they understood the great faithfulness of God. Are you getting this this morning? See, I think people are unfaithful because you really don't know the faithfulness and how faithful God has been to you. Even when you're faithless, he's consistent and reliable. And I'm so grateful for that. So grateful for that. Here's number three. 
How do we remain faithful? Understand that faithfulness results in joy. Somebody say joy. joy. Come on, say it like you have some joy. joy. Now watch this. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. But can I also tell you, I believe there are some joys that some Christian never experience because they're not faithful. They're, because just they're not faithful. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus talks about some parables. And he talks about two he talks about the parable of the virgins. There's 10 virgins and they're going to about to meet the bridegroom and, uh, and they have oil. Five of them have oil. Five of them prepared. Five of them were faithful. Five of them got ready to meet the bridegroom. The other ones didn't have enough. You know what? The other five, they had enough. They prepared. They did extra because faithful people always do extra. They always do extra because they're faithful. That, that's just the reality. And so the bridegroom comes. The Bible says even one of the virgins was watching for the bridegroom. And when the bridegroom came, the one that had no oil because they didn't prepare, didn't get to go into the feast and experience the joy that the bridegroom had for them. Why? Because they just weren't faithful. There's another story in the Bible in that same chapter, Matthew chapter 25. It talks about the parable of the talents. God is an investor. He gives three guys talents according to their own ability. He gives a guy one talent, he gives another one two talents, and then he gives another one five talents according to their ability. God has all given you something to start with. God has all given us something. And guess what happens? God comes back to see the return on his investment. And this is true. There is a day that you will die. You will stand before God. Now, this is not about going to heaven or hell. This is actually about rewards. And so when you stand before God, you will stand before God alone by yourself. Your wife won't be there. People at work won't be there. It will be you. And God is going to ask you, what did you do with what he has invested in you? And that is all about rewards. See, here's my heart for you. I want you to experience all the rewards that God has for your life. I want you to get it all. Can I hear a good amen? And so God comes back to the, the guy who had five. And guess what? The guy says, you gave me five. Here is five more, a total of 10. He goes to the guy with two and the guy with two says, I've been faithful. Here's two, God, here's two more. I've actually multiplied what you gave me. And then he gave, and he asked the guy who he gave one to, and he said, hey, where's the one I gave you? And he said, I buried it in the ground. I thought you were an angry man. See, this guy was unfaithful, didn't, number one, even get, didn't even care to know the guy, know his boss, know God. So he just buried it in the ground. You know what? Listen, I want everybody to look at me today. God gave each one of them the opportunity to have a hundredfold return. Five on five is a hundredfold return. Two on two is a hundredfold return. One on one is a hundredfold return. They all had equal opportunity. One was unfaithful and God comes to them in Matthew 25, 23. And he listen to what he says to the five talent guy and the two talent guy. He says, listen, his, his master said to him, well done, good. And what faithful servant you have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of the master. All right. Are you ready? Everybody look at me. The guy that had five, God took the one from the one who was unfaithful and he gave it to the guy who had 10. The guy who had 10 now had 11 talents. Why? Because he was faithful. Now watch, people tell me all the time, oh, Pastor Phil, you know, God is fair. He loves everybody. He actually loves everybody. Can I just tell you, this is not about the love of God. This is all about your faithfulness to him will determine what kind of reward you get. That's why some people, this guy walked away with nothing. He didn't mean that God didn't love him. God loved him. God actually gave him something. But because of his unfaithfulness, he got nothing. God still loves him. Great, but listen, that's not the key here. The key 
is, this is why some people have more, not because God loves them more, but because they're more faithful than other people. Can I hear a good amen today? And so can I just tell you in John 15, Jesus actually says, we've been in this chapter. Some people will bear no fruit. Some people will bear fruit. Some people will bear uh, more fruit and some people will bear much fruit. Can I ask you a question? What kind of fruit will you bear? All of that will determine, be determined by your faithfulness. Some people never experience the glorious miraculous in their finances because they won't be faithful to tithe. But here's what they do. They hate on people when they see the blessing of God on somebody. And can I just encourage you? Don't hate me because I'm walking in the blessing of God because of my faithfulness. Listen, because you only, you only decided that you're only going to have fruit. And I've decided I'm going to have much fruit and I'm going to be faithful because God is faithful and I want to see the much fruit come out of my life. How much do you want? How deep do you want to go? You're as close to God today as you want to be. But this is the difference between disciples and believers. Believers, I just want to go be with Jesus. Heaven. Disciples are like, I want to bear fruit. I want to bear much fruit, right? I want to go from fruit more fruit to much fruit. I want to be the 11 talent guy. I want to actually, the guy actually picked up where somebody else was unfaithful. That's the blessing. And so we have to understand that number three is that faithfulness results in some joys. And I want that. Here's the last one for today. Number four, if we're going to be faithful, you need to finish what you start and don't quit. Faithful people finish what they start. Can I just tell you something about God? God's a finisher. God is a finisher. Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. God never starts something without finishing it. God is a finisher. That blesses me. I mean, I just love that. Because you know what? It doesn't take a great deal to start something. Because I think about when you start, oh, there's a lot of energy. Woo, we're going to start something new. People are like, yeah, man, that's awesome. Woo, we're going to start a new business. Yeah, man, cool, right? And then after two years in, you're like that Dunkin' Donuts guy. You get up like, got to make the donuts, right? After two years in, people are criticizing, right? And all of that applause, all of that energy, where is it? It's gone. It's gone. And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Listen, you got to be faithful faithful and not quit during the hard times. I want to close with this. If there was any person on the planet that could have quit, it could have been Jesus. Now, just as we end this, track with me now, an interview with Jesus. I'm Jesus. I'm not really Jesus, but for the sake of this, I don't want you to walk out here. Yeah, I went and the pastor said he was Jesus. I'm Jesus, right? And I'm telling my story, right? Pastor Phil is on the other side. This is me doing counseling with Jesus because here's the excuse. I hear excuses of why we have to quit. Now, before I do this, now let me take a pause real quick. When I talk about faithfulness, there's always people who say, I went to church today and the guy was talking about faithfulness. So you know what? I know I'm in a toxic relationship. I'm in an abusive relationship. I need to be faithful. That's not what I'm talking about here today. Can I hear a good amen? The Bible is very clear on those type of things that there are times when we need to walk away and still be faithful to God and his plan. But there are times that we have to distance ourselves from people. Can I, can I just say that in Jesus' name? Is that all right? So here we are. An interview with Jesus. Jesus, why would you even think about quitting? Jesus would say, well, let me tell you my story. My parents, they almost didn't get married. I'm going to tell you why. My mom was pregnant. My mom was pregnant and my dad almost didn't even marry her because my dad said he saw an angel. My mom said she saw an angel too. I don't know. Let me just tell you this. I could quit because I was actually born in a cave. There were animals where I was born. I was born and there were animals. And that, guess what? As I grew up, somebody tried to kill me. Somebody tried to kill this guy, Herod. He wanted to kill me. That didn't work. Yeah, I know it was, it was traumatizing. But you know what? Then I, as I grew up, guess what happened? My own parents forgot about me. Yeah, for three days. I was by myself. I wanted to call CPS, but I didn't. 
Three days, they forgot about me, so that was three days. So that meant another three days to look for me. Six days, I was by myself. I was abandoned by my parents. But you know what? I knew one thing. My dad always told me to go to church. So I showed up at church. And then as I grew up, I got baptized. And then I had to spend 40 days in the wilderness with no food. See, some of you would have quit right there. Would have quit. 40 days, no food. And then the devil shows up. I saw the devil. I, the devil, when he was, he just kept telling me that I needed to quit. But you know what I didn't? I overcame that and I was faithful and I kept moving forward. And then guess what? The religious people didn't like me. It was interesting. All of the sinners loved me. But you know what? The religious Pharisees hated me. Actually, they started to criticize me. They started to call me friend of sinners. And then they even doubted who I said that I was. And you know what? They never believed that I was who I said I was. And then guess what? One of my best friends, my best friend, Judas, he sold me out, man. 32 pieces of silver. 32 pieces of silver. I'm, at worst, I'm worth at least 50. You're going to sell me out? Come on, at least sell me out for a million. 32 pieces. Of, that's all you think I'm worth? And he sold me out. And he kissed me on the cheek. And then I thought, well, my other 11 guys, they're going to stand up for me. But you know what? When I was going through the worst time of my life and they were pulling out my beard and they were beating me and spitting on me, I couldn't even find my friends. As a matter of fact, this guy, Peter, man, I loved Peter. You know what, Peter? I helped that guy walk on water. I called him out. I loved him so much, I healed his mother-in-law. Come on, somebody. I did all this for Peter. And somebody asked Peter if he even knew me. Peter says, I'm not with that guy. Can I just tell you? I think this one would have got to me. I went to the cross. I came for people that I loved. A lot of them didn't even receive me. And I'm on the cross and here's what they're doing. They're constantly saying, if you are the son of God, why don't you get yourself down from that cross? You know what? They were kept telling me to quit. They kept telling me to quit. And they're provoking my own identity. I am who I am. But coming down from the cross was not an option because humanity was at stake. Can I just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus' biggest challenge was an identity issue that people never believed that who he was. They called him blasphemer. And I want to just tell you, on the days that you feel like you need to quit, you need to look at the steadfast reliability and faithfulness of our God. Are you ready? Here's the big ending. Here's the, the crescendo. God finishes what he starts. In Philippians chapter one, verse six, here's a promise to you wherever you're at. He says, I am certain that God who began the good work in you, listen, will continue it until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus returns. Jesus didn't quit so he could finish the work that is in you. And when you are unreliable, you are unfaithful. Jesus went through all this and didn't quit. Why? Because he's faithful and he wants to finish the work that he already started in you. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.